Hi, I'm Samiran. Hi, I'm Nilesh. Hi, I'm Sheetal. And you're listening to 3TB. Three Techies Banter. So, uh, what's kept me busy last week? Uh, I'm not sure you want to know, but I'm going to tell you anyway. So, I was busy trying to generate the image of a single banana on mid-journey. Apparently, AIs don't see the world like we do. So, they think of bananas as banana-ness, you know, or just the thought of being a banana. So, every time you try to generate one, you get a bunch of bananas. And uh, so, you know, it's like expecting my dog to understand quantum physics, which is kind of adorable, but unrealistic. I think maybe my dog does understand quantum physics, but that's another story. <laughs> this is so well known that even Sarah Halikyan had a joke about this. And, she's, uh, and for our Hindi-speaking audience, she actually said, why do... Bananas actually move around in bunches. And the answer, Sheetal, is... Otherwise, it's a kela. <laughs> so, anyway, apparently they move around in bunches. But after uh, version 6 of Midjourney, we are getting single bananas. But not to be outdone, I have now moved on to grapes. So, I'm trying to generate a single grape now, which is not happening. So, I will keep you informed about how that's going. Samira, you know, you've... You've spoken about this on your LinkedIn and um, somebody has written to you saying that that seems to be a mid-journey problem because that's not a problem on Dali. Maybe you should do the single grape on Dali. <laughs> no, no, it doesn't work. No, no, I've tried that. So, But you know, you actually, those bananas get generated in the shadow and all that. So you probably can't see it. Anyway, so we are also uh, gathered here to bid uh, bow voyage to our friend Nilesh, who's going to be traveling to CES in Vegas. And in an unconnected coincidence, it also overlaps with the Avian Awards. Uh, for the unaware or the rest who are pretending to be unaware, these are the annual adult movie awards, which used to be part of CES till the 1990s, but now they are separated. So they're on different yeah. days, different times. But Yeah, no no, no luck there, Samiran. I, I, I'm only attending CES. <laughs> no, I actually really went and checked the dates also. So it's like, this ends on 12th and that's going to start on 25th or something. So, yeah. But apparently the reason they are separated is that they found a lot of CES people coming to AVN and creating a nuisance. So, there you go. <laughs> anyway, but uh, moving on to the topic for the day and that is about India and how India is standing in the world of AI. Like everything else, uh, we have a long history of AI. And when we say long history, I mean long history. You know, It's like Amish Tripathi type history. It's like really long. So I, I kind of just went and read up some stuff here. And it seems that uh, there is a school of thought that believes that Kumbhakarna was actually a robot. So he apparently was an automated robot, which was kind of driven by someone who was called Kumkarna and what have you. Uh, but closer to kind of just maybe a thousand years back, there was actually a robot called Babarek, which who was dug up somewhere in Rajasthan. And history mythology says that this character was present in the army of Lord Krishna. I mean, you can go read this up and I can kind of get into some detail, but that will kind of take away from all the other interesting stuff we have to say. This structure, you know, it was metallic, robotic, and it had funny eyes and all. And it, it, it's kind of a matter of history. So it's very difficult to draw a straight line between mythology, AI and current day. But suffice to say that somebody there was thinking this, at least in science fiction terms. Even in India, while we were... You know, post-independence, we took some time to kick off. But I think IIT Kanpur took a lead. They started building 
uh, expert knowledge systems and there are a couple of people i think there was a gentleman called professor mahabala who kind of took the lead and he's kind of considered to be one of the founding fathers of ai in india just like ai winters obviously we took some time and we went through ups and downs and lo and behold we are here today where it's got a huge impetus riding on the back of all the other great stuff that we have done in digital public infrastructure more literacy more skilling and you know i think india's time in ai has come and i think i will now let sheetal and nilesh jump in and bring some sanity into this conversation <laughs> so let me give some numbers so uh, ibm uh, did a global ai adoption index you know a survey across countries across professionals and uh, india uh, stands at 57% uh, rate of adoption of ai and just to give you a benchmark international average is at 25% and us is at 34% so india is moving very fast in you know the the rate of adoption and and even in terms of the whole ecosystem developments so we'll talk about it a bit uh, 66% of surveyed professionals indicated that their company was incorporating ai in some shape or the other so we are up there when it comes to uh, ai adoption india's gen ai market just india right just nothing to do with the global numbers will surpass 17 billion dollars uh, by 2030 at a cagr of 48% it's like the same story right the consumption itself will increase but we are also on the supply side we are giving birth to multiple ai startups so there are some 70 gen ai startups and this is just gen ai i'm not even talking of the other uh, aspects of ai in india and uh, the total money uh, raised was uh, 440 million in last uh, couple of years that's that's a huge number you know just on ai and more than 80 indian institutional investors are backing these startups so the the indian gen ai scene is fair and square in the global spotlight uh, and just to add to all those numbers you know the ministry of electronics and uh, information technology has set up this whole umbrella initiative i'm sure many of the listeners have already seen it this initiative is called india ai there's a whole portal uh, dedicated to this india ai and and some fantastic uh, kind of research work uh, is happening under the aegis of the government so not just the ancient times i think the winter is over <laughs> and we are back back in the spotlight <laughs> no and dilish good you mentioned this. so in fact uh, this is of course just the formal work but uh, there is this very uh, lovely ai for all self learning online program that the government has launched it's for just public awareness for everybody who's in the field of ai it could be your stay at home mom senior citizen it's got this two features called ai aware and ai appreciate and it's a very very easy way to just understand what ai is about so i think while we are doing a lot of work in the formal sector i think there is a general effort to uplift everyone and bring them you know a level higher so what's interesting uh, nilishan on the base, back of what you're saying right so there is a certain willingness of this government to partner with uh, organizations for ai so that's one big thing and i think they're willing to partner on all things digital ai uh, being one of the biggest right but what is interesting is also the fact that it's not just about gen ai 
uh, and I think that's what what I found interesting. I was reading an article written by uh, Nandan Nilekani and Tarun Bojwani, and it's fascinating because they're saying that one of the big differences, right, that will happen in India is that India needs AI, whether we like it or not. That's one of the biggest things, right? We need it. We need it um, simply because, and what they mention is that AI in India will not just be about developing cutting-edge technology. It is really about finding innovative solutions to pressing problems, right? And who better to speak about this than Mr. Nilekani, given the fact that, you know, the whole Aadhaar, Base, UPI, etc. is developed by guided by him and developed by the team. So uh, it's very interesting because he says we're not going to be just about Gen AI, right? We are going to be beyond that. We are going to be a country which will talk about the problems of the people. So we are the country which will put problems of the people first. So it's identifying the right problems of the people and then finding AI to give you solutions, which may be Gen AI or otherwise, which I think is very interesting because we've already started doing that. So we've solved, UPI has solved finance issues at scale, right? But we have so many other issues that we have to solve at scale. We have the paradoxes, right? For example, our education system and our healthcare system and our agriculture system, all of them need um, solutions at large and solutions at large, which come both from the key game. So we have resources, but the problem is the fact that the the resources are not distributed evenly. And therefore, AI will help us bring and play a key role in the game of distribution is what they're talking about. And I thought that was fascinating. You know, I, I totally agree with that, that India will uh, put people first and we'll be solving some very, very interesting problems. Given the fact, I mean, it's not just about the scale. I I always feel India is uh, more like a continent than a country, right? So think about uh, the number of languages and the scripts that we have. I mean, we really need uh, AI. I mean, it, it's it, when you when you go from north to south, it's like a completely different language, culture, everything changes, or east to west. So, so I think um, whatever India does, we can think of it like a a, a continent uh, and multiple countries within that continent trying to solve a single problem, right? So, so uh, r- rather when you look at let's say let's say uh, countries in Europe, they'll be solving just just their own country's problems. But what comes out of India probably already will be ready for global kind of scale, both in terms of complexity and and scale itself. Right? So, in fact, they are like you talked about this whole diversity, right? I think like even Nandan always says that you know that we are not looking developing AI because we like AI. We are developing because we are always trying to solve a problem, which is how we've done everything else. So even this language thing, right? So I remember this uh, when Satya Nadella was down in India, maybe in the beginning of 23 or maybe 22 or so, there was this whole app called Jugalbandi where, you know, where they show farmers of different parts of the country talking to each other, which they then took forward and developed this whole platform called Bhashini, which is, you know, uh, you can kind of, uh, it's actually available in all 22 constitutional languages and it allows anybody to speak and anybody to understand. The, the reason I'm kind of saying that is now it's now it's reached a point where the Prime Minister used it in a Tamil Sangam conference to address people who only understood Tamil. Okay, so he spoke in Hindi 
they understood it in Tamil. And if they were asking him something, he understood it in Hindi. So, you know, one of the big challenges we have this in this country, which is diversity and inability to understand each other, looks like it might get solved in the next X number of years because as this thing scales, it's going to kind of be fantastic. And the beauty of this is that the training is crowdsourced. So, you know, you have Dekho India, Suno India. So you can say a few sentences in, and train the model. You can understand some of what anybody else is and train it. So it's, it's beautifully done. But yeah, so to the point of diversity that they're using AI to kind of bridge that also. And, and just, just imagine, you know, it's not that uh, such solutions were never thought of or developed, but they were happening in silos. And like you correctly mentioned, Samiran, they, they didn't have the scale, the ability to train, uh, understand and deploy these models. So whatever gets done under the AGs of India AI will already be global ready. I mean, uh, Google Pixel, you know, Google Google Pixel uh, was talking of exactly what you mentioned about PM Modi, right? They, they, with the Pixel Bud and the phone, you can actually converse uh, in, in foreign language. True, true, true. But, but they were always talking of Spanish, English. It was limited to some global. Now you suddenly have 22 languages and the complexities. And if you solve that, you're done. <laughs> you're absolutely done. <laughs> it's, it's amazing, actually. So it's quite funny because we all agree India needs it. But what's also interesting is we are, I think we are also ready for it in the sense that uh, the gov- A, there's willingness from the government and there is investments from the government. B, I think we also have people. Yes, there is an issue that the next generation needs to be trained on AI. And Samiran, you're right that there are portals now being made available where the next set of students or you know even housewives can get into understanding ai and how to use it etc but there is availability of tech talent in this country correct which earlier was getting exported but today is getting retained and is being used and i think the the third is our data infrastructure and our tech infrastructure is in place so if you put these three things together we've kind of made sure we are right there uh, where we can jump and take in the numbers and uh, Nilesh just to add to your numbers uh, the market size for AI uh, and you know stuff like that in uh, 2022 was 680 odd million and it's expected to grow to 4 billion right by 2028 which is a 5.7x increase Uh, and that kind of tells us yes it's very small compared to the US which is couple of I don't know, maybe 100 billion or something like that. Uh, But the fact that we will suddenly become large uh, and suddenly you will say, oh, we didn't even think that these things could be solved is what I think is going to be the differentiator of India on the AI map globally. So, in fact, uh, uh, we don't even realize a lot of the things uh, that we already use AI for, you know, stuff like Zomato and Fitbit are already using it for shopping experience. You know, we have vernacular AI assistance now in in a lot of the apps. I think people like Vedantu, Baiju are using it. The government is using it. And what is not classified as, you know, spam filters, you know, spam filters is actually, and it's a, it's a computational statistical tool. So there's tons of stuff that we are actually already using. And now we have got used to success and the possibility of success. You know, you need to have wins, right? So now, you know, maybe at that point, maybe 
Manmohan Singh and Lilikali and five other people thought that Aadhaar was possible. But now you have many more people thinking that, you know, if I take this up at scale, I can solve this for a billion people. I mean, maybe I can solve waste management for a billion people. I can solve traffic congestion for the whole country or whatever it is. So I think that is also fueling this. And maybe we have some advantage of hindsight and other people's work. And, you know, we take a more balanced view. But I think the, the fact that it's it's become policy driven and, you know, we can talk about all those six pillars or whatever they, uh, a little more. But I think there is a method to the madness this uh, as opposed to just ai developing wild which is also a good thing in many ways but so so i think i think taking the cue from you know the six pillars i was just going to talk about it uh, also in the light of what sheetal mentioned that you know you need to upskill the next generation so what i found very interesting was that india ai this umbrella initiative has six pillars and they have been very wisely chosen pillars right so it's 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 like india with and governance ai in governance uh, ai in compute that's second then there is uh, a data it's a very important one the, there is a specific uh, you know initiative on innovation then you have skilling and finally ethics right uh, i think uh, we in our first episode of ai or second one <laughs> uh, we talked of ethics and ai so i think That's i think right. this uh, yeah, this this whole uh, initiative uh, has been uh, very well structured honestly and it has you know the stalwarts of industry kind of participating uh, so so yeah i think uh, it's it's so, interesting times so maybe what we should do is in the next segment uh let's take these six pillars and i know all of us are super excited as usual when we do all of the talking and the researching that we do about various uh startups in the ai space uh you know who who have kind of caught our attention and it's quite funny uh for all our listeners let me tell you that 90% of the times and i don't know how we managed to do this we never have overlaps so each one of us has found some five to seven startups and none of our startups overlapped so i don't know what we do in our searches uh, but we've landed up with so many uh, startups which excited us so in the next segment maybe we should take some of these uh, you know some of these pillars and some of the startups and talk about those what do you think so obviously the because ai is such a flavor of the month and there are such obvious advantages of ai for all countries everyone wants a piece of that pie uh, but what is also resulting out of this is something that people are calling ai nationalism which means that every country is building and developing their own initiatives you know whether it be abu dhabi france the us china india all of them are announcing initiatives which is which is kind of a good thing but i mean we just need to look at it from the lens of you know opportunities why you know it's good for innovation you know everybody is developing something we have cultural differences coming into ai but the challenges are that it's causing a huge amount of fragmentation of global research there are regulatory divergences because you know an ai built in abu dhabi may not be accepted in france and what have you and sometimes it feels like a race to the bottom because you know everyone's kind of spending the same huge dollars developing the same kind of stuff so you know it kind of literally makes me think that we probably need a 
United Nations for AI now, though the United Nations is probably not the best example of international regulation anymore. But just given India's size and the complexity, probably the approach we are taking is the right one in that, you know, we, we have a policy to which we are kind of marching. It's got compute, it's got ethics, it's got security and all of that. And I think that is giving rise to some very, very interesting startups in diverse areas, fulfilling very, very different use cases, but all geared to obviously fulfilling a need of the Indian citizen first, which hopefully can be scaled globally. So Samirin, you want to talk about one or two of the startups that you think you're very, very excited about? Yeah, so I think uh, the ones I kind of that really caught my eye uh, was, of course, the uh, this, there's this one called uh, Open Hathi. You know, so Open Hathi is actually in uh, the world's obviously first Hindi LLM. So no, everything is being developed in English, but uh, Open Hathi is actually uh, developed in Hindi, and it's the same people who kind of did the uh, building blocks for Bhashini earlier. So it's the Pratyush Kumar and uh, that team. You know, they, they they are the same ones building this. Then there are a whole bunch of others which are very very generic uh, uh, in nature. So I think the Bhavesh Agarwal is building his own um, AI LLM tool. It's called Krutim.ai. So it's a chatbot, which is kind of going to compete with global chatbots with an India flavor. There is something called Bharat GPT. That there is, uh, of, of course, there is Bhashini and, and there's a whole ton of others. Uh, but these are like more generic and foundational where other people will kind of feed off this. But I'm sure, you know, you, you've kind of come across more pointed and more interesting ones too. I think when you spoke of, you know, the nationalism and AI aspect of it, why I like uh, the approach India has taken is that when I look at many of the initiatives, including including the whole stack that we created, most of our government-backed initiatives are open source. So honestly speaking, I mean, you saw uh, our friend Arvind Gupta posted something about ONDC in in you correct, know, correct. Uh, in in and NY. Just the scale of transactions scale is crazy, crazy, right? So so and when you look at you know when we spoke with the uh, ambassador, Indian ambassador in Ireland, uh, talking about UPI being you know one of the ways uh, for international collaboration and and you know uh, governments. So so I think the whole idea that it is open source and we are we are already doing it at scale, I think, uh, will go across uh, the, the country boundaries, uh, hopefully. So one, uh, I have to start with uh, one particular app coming out of this whole, uh, you know, the government uh, and uh, initiatives, which is Digital Sansad. I don't know. I, I read about it very recently and I was like, wow, this is something next level, right? So our new parliament building is kind of completely equipped for this digital sunset. And digital sunset essentially is real-time transcription of all the parliamentary proceedings. Uh, this is one part of it, by the way. And just imagine India's parliament is way more complex in terms of languages and you know nuances and the way even Hindi is spoken. Let's say if, if Hindi was spoken most of the time, uh, that the transcription is going to be a nightmare. And uh, I, I have to personally check it out because transcription has come of age and all three of us have used various different services. But transcribing parliamentary proceedings in India and if it is done really well, I think that will be the best transcription tool available uh, 
on the globe, right? So that is a digital sansa. It seems it gives uh, ministers a lot of, uh, you know, access levels and, and it has the whole, the whole proceedings of the parliament, the work of the parliament and how ministers interact with it has been uh, made very easy and digitalized and kind of, as I said, it is being woven into the new parliament building. So it's like a, a very cohesive uh, ecosystem being created, digital center. I have to check it out, honestly. I have not seen it. I don't know whether any of you have seen it. I read about it, but just obviously not uh, seen it in action. And in fact, news that you mentioned, UPI. So I always believe that anything really is very good and popular. People start making jokes about it. So in UPI, there was actually something that somebody actually wrote a piece. And then for a moment, I believed it. He said that UPI has kind of spelled the end of the toffee industry. And I said, wow, what's that? He said, because what used to happen earlier is that, you know, you never had change, right? So you used to go and pay and shopkeepers used to give toffees in exchange. <laughs> <laughs> but now, because you can give exact change, there's no concept at all. They said, you know, how the industry is dying and all. It wasn't true. I mean, I kind of checked it because somebody had written a rebuttal. But there were two, three articles. I said, wow, is it possible the toffee industry is ending because of UPI? But I, I do miss those toffees because that was the only time you actually got the toffees to eat them, right? At- and there was an excuse to get it, right? I said, I can't help it. You know, I didn't get change. <laughs> and it happened every time you did a long distance thing at the toll naka, uh, where now you're pass is what ruins the the joy of getting the toffee and returning the toffee and trying to return the toffee as exchange <laughs> that used to be so uh, for me i think i i actually saw quite a few startups uh, which coming from the non tech space any which ways makes my head spin but uh, one of them which really caught my my attention was uh, a company called karya and I actually, that caught my attention simply because um, they're doing some amazing stuff in the ethical ways of data collection, right? And which I think is so ahead. Typically, you know, when you get into a space, you worry about the ethical part of it much later, right? You uh, Everything else happens. Everybody's in it for profit and for money. And let me sell my company to the largest, whatever, whatever. Um, so a lot of startups would have been in that space. But this one in specific, I thought was um, quite fascinating for me. So that's why this one caught my attention. And it's called Karya. And what they are doing is um, some very interesting stuff uh, and I don't know much and I would love to get to know more more about them but what they're doing is they're capturing labeling and creating data with accuracy and the interesting thing is that they're doing this for companies which use data to develop uh, because AI needs information right so they are collecting information to train AI models and I thought that was fantastic and they've created a marketplace and it's a non non profit organization. So they have some thirty thousand odd workers, and they're all from um, rural India. People who usually don't get jobs and employment and things like that. So they're taking digital into rural India and empowering people in rural India to work with them and create data sets and. The other thing that I found very interesting is that the data sets are owned by the people. They're not owned by the organizations. And therefore, they keep getting money on the data sets as they get used more and more, which 
to my mind was very very fascinating and they have some uh, very interesting uh, promises and codes that they operate with right and um, so it really has nice principles and i thought one of them which i really like and i know a lot of people may think oh only that much but it is quite fascinating is they will all they talk about prioritizing maximum worker wages and they currently pay their workers 5 dollars uh, per hour of their work right now if you think about it 5 dollars is just 400 rupees and that's way below whatever but think about it as rural india where you know employment per se is an issue people are below poverty line 400 rupees can go a long long way for a per hour um, wage and um, so i thought a special call out to karya was important in this episode it, it was super super exciting i i read about a lot more like i read about minus zero which is the autonomous vehicle thing in india etc very interesting startups but i think a special call out for karya for me was the most important one when i was reading this report uh, on india and a lot of numbers came from that report uh, one of the things uh, quoted in the report was that india is doing a lot of work in the area of coding right so no code low code kind of platforms one of the startups i saw coming out of india was codemate uh, i think bangalore based startup if i'm not mistaken bangalore uh, sorry this one is i think delhi ncr and it is uh, it is a ai programming assistant and essentially uh, it says that you know your coding will be you know 10x more enhanced uh, error free and all another interesting thing i read you know what i liked and we have spoken about it right so if if there was a race between a human ai and a human with ai a human with ai will win so codemate is not saying that it is like a, a no code kind of thing it is it is actually a productivity enhancer whereby it sits within your development environment so it's not like you have to learn something and it helps you code faster the other couple of uh, gen ai uh, tools and i didn't know they were uh, uh, one of them was indian actually and samiran spoke about it was btoven so btoven is again bangalore based uh, startup which does you know generation of royalty free music and gives a lot of controls to the users to to change the cadence scale and create uh, you know uh, music out of existing uh, pieces so ai generated music and one more i have to talk about very briefly i mean it's not a call out or something is www.ai and why i felt uh, i i thought i should talk about it is if you remember we did a lot of things with vitra right and yes. shital you were mentioning that vitra has some uh, is backed and google funded now so dubdub is doing something similar huh? by the way they generate video material in several languages i i'm sure vitra is doing it's it's a more mature kind of startup but dubdub it seems it, it's a dubbing platform so so you have your video and it can uh, you know generate that video material and translate and generate a video in several languages probably we should check it out and you know who knows have a hindi podcast ready <laughs> we oh, don't yeah, even need yeah, video that <laughs> so uh, you know you i must talk about this uh, samira and this might be of interest to you because you're constantly talking about hackathons and boot camps and all of that to us there is something called machine hack generative ai that's also from india and they run a lot of ai hackathons maybe you want to check them out because you're constantly talking about hackathons and that may be of interest to you and you a special i'm not going to tell you more about this but you must check out their logo <laughs> <laughs> ah so on that i thought i should in the middle of all this i must i came across this example it was 
hearing something so in this world of great stuff you know people do all kinds of stupid things also ethically unethical so there was this uh, i think out of some university there was this algorithm that came out said that uh, based on your voice and appearance or something it can tell you whether you're gay or heterosexual okay i mean just let's not forget about how unethical that is and it said it has 81% accuracy okay so in and then this was put to a professor and the professor said this is real garbage i said and they asked him why he said see i can tell you today that without knowing anything you can beat the ai algorithm he said how come they said see in any population 94% identify themselves as heterosexual so in any case you're 13% better than the algorithm already so you know this, the people kind of do all kinds of rubbish things also giving ai a bad name but luckily for us you know i think there is a lot going on in india i think there is work in analyst i think in logistics i think blackbuck is doing a lot of work in freight management and ai i think cropins doing work in agriculture and yield management i think that sign easy and idfi are doing work in you know id and management so yeah i think this whole focus on use case based uh, uh, ai development has definitely paid dividends for us not going off doing building crazy algorithms with 81% accuracy which is ridiculous uh, uh, i just hope that we will continue and india will continue to focus on creating a, and using ai for things which help people solve problems at large and not do ridiculous things and do you know uh, how should i put it do um, ai just for the sake of developing cutting it edge technology so i hope we will be a little more sensible about it because in one of our previous episodes uh, if you haven't already heard it we've talked about the the economics of ai right so while we are very excited about uh, ai you must go and listen to our episode on the economics of ai because when we use ai for all the fun wrong reasons it may cost us a lot uh, something that we must be aware of we've spoken about a lot of um, companies that we are excited about in the space of ai and if you have some feel free to drop us a line we are reachable if you find that there are specific uh, you know startups that we should cover or we should talk about in our future episodes uh, write to us and we'll be happy to go through them curate and then bring a whole series of uh, startups in ai we've actually done quite a few episodes on ai and i think um, this may be one of our last ones for now uh, this is a space that keeps us excited and i'm sure that we will find new things to talk about in the ai space but we thought that the last episode on gen ai had to be about ai in india and uh, we hope you had a wonderful time listening to us we had a wonderful time talking about everything that india is doing in the ai space and look forward to seeing you guys soon look forward to speaking to you on a very very exciting episode next week and uh, don't forget to listen to our shorts this time shorts are going to be even more fun and i promise you it's not going to be the akela banana that samiran has created <laughs>